Welcome to episode number 160 of Take Him With You for February 26, 2012. You like this? A little bit of music back from the 80s? What do you think? Well, it's back from the 80s. By the way, I'm Amy. I'm Rick, and you're listening to the Take Him With You podcast, the podcast that's spiritual not religious stick around this is gonna be a good one what happens when bad things happen to you what do you do how do you how do you deal with it stick around that it's almost March already in the new year 2012. Can you believe that? Well, I'm very happy about it because I see tulips coming up and I have some crocus blooming right now and daffodils getting ready to bloom. Oh, that's nice. So I love flowers and there's not a lot of flowers blooming here in the Northwest in the winter time. <coughs> no, so I no, look there's for, not. I look forward to spring. But we do come from the evergreen state. Yes. Which is, means it's very green here. It is always. extremely green all year long. Kermit would love it here. You wouldn't be able to find Kermit here. It's not easy being green. Kermit would blend into all of our evergreen trees Hi and ho, grass there. and bushes and yeah, yeah. We, we wouldn't be able to find Kermit. I've, I've, we have frogs all over. We hear them all the time in the summertime. Oh, you know, not just the summertime. I was. You hear them in the winter. I was totally Don't shocked. They I was totally shocked. I was this last Thursday. I had dinner at my brother's, my brother David's, and sister-in-law Kathy's. Yeah. And we came out to get in the cars with my mom, and there were like a thousand bullfrogs croaking. It was amazing. A thousand bullfrogs croaking. It was a lot. I couldn't believe how loud they were. I'm, and I asked, I asked Kathy, I said, is this normal for this early in the spring? To And she goes, I've never paid attention. <laughs> so I was just surprised about how loud the yeah. frogs were, Crazy. were chirping or whatever they do. Croaking, I guess. Well, we have a really cool show today. We're going to be uh, talking about the story of David again in our in our cool not ongoing series. David, not David, Joseph. Joseph. You said David, your brother. That's what I did. Ah, Joseph. We're talking about the story of Joseph, and uh, this is our series called Sunday Cool Stories from the Bible and how they are practical in today's world. So. Stick around. We'll be back in a moment right after these wonderful announcements. And we'll jump into some good stuff about maybe what's going on around the Moyers' house. And you people, you're all astronauts on some kind of Star Trek. 
we are indeed seeking Star Trek. And if you want to seek Star Trek, then why don't you try Trek News and Views? The latest news and views on what's going on in the Star Trek world. Your life, as it has been, is over. Oh my. Oh my indeed, George. We also have a little gossip at the end of each program about a certain subject, be it Romulans, Klingons, or whatever takes our fancy. Feel free to drop us a line and join in. Trek News and Views via Podbean or iTunes. Check it out. What are you singing? <gasps> Have you never heard this? No. It's uh, Flight of the Concords. <laughs> it's it's a it's a song about after the ro- robots kill all the humans. Okay. And take over the world. Oh, and they go. The humans are dead. That's right. They are dead. The humans are dead. I poked this one. It's dead. <laughs> it's good. I gotta make you listen to it. Alrighty then. <laughs> Anomaly. Something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. An oddity. Peculiarity. Irregularity. Inconsistency. Incongruity. A rarity. I'm Jen. And I'm Angela. And we're the socially functional co-hosts of Anomaly. The podcast with a unique perspective, a female perspective, on all things geek. Star Trek. Star Wars. Lord of the Rings. Buffy. Firefly. Gaming. Books. Costuming. And general geek topics. The sometimes monthly, but always entertaining, Anomaly Podcast. Anomalypodcast.com. This is the part where it goes, I don't mind you. Stand-. Yeah, that's it. Hi there. Hi. Again, we're back. We're back. A part that's who goes what? No, I don't worry about it. It's an old Cars song. There it is. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you're you're really back in the '80s today, aren't you? Well, as one of my colleagues a few years back told me, Rick, you are the '80s. Okay. So. You you don't have um. I have spiky hair. Yeah. I have spiky hair. I guess I'd... it was actually early. Early '90s, well, late '80s, early '90s, where you had the I'd get long an earring permed, if I could. you had long permed hair. If I wasn't so chicken of needles, I'd get an earring and a tattoo. I don't know about that. What kind of tattoo would I get? I think I, I would get. I don't think you would. For uh, one thing, you don't like new needles. I think I get a Cylon warrior. And when you were when you were a youth minister, and you I would used put to always tell, it, I'd put underneath it by your command. Well, then, if it's by my command, then you shouldn't get a tattoo. Why? Because, well, when you were a youth pastor, you used to counsel counsel kids. You need to ask three people about that. About, you, about what? About tattoos. Getting a tattoo? Mm-hmm. Okay, what did I say? What was my you advice? You used to say, well, ask God. And if you think God's for it, then ask your parents. If they're okay with it, then ask your your spouse. And And why was that? Well, because it's not just your life and your body, you affect other people. If you're married to somebody. If you're and if you're married well and, and you were saying to kids that maybe it might not be wise to get 
you know, especially a name of a girlfriend or boyfriend tattooed yeah, on you. Yeah, that's and probably then, not a good idea. And then you've you'd end up not marrying that person. You marry someone else and then they won't like every that. time they look at your arm, they see somebody else's name. You wouldn't like it if I had Starbucks tattooed on my arm, would you? You know, I'm not quite sure how to answer that because I'm not what not sure which series you're talking about. <laughs> and either one could be kind of awkward. All right. Well, yeah. I do. I'd like a Cylon warrior, the old school Cylon, not oh, the, the new ones. the metal ones. Not the, not the ones the that ones are, are like... metal. They're just CGI. Well, I'm talking about the old ones where the guys were in the suits with the plastic helmets and everything. Not the skin jobs. No. No skin jobs. Okay. I want a robotic, the ones that talk like this, you know, by your command. Okay. Yeah. Eh, Well, we'll see. I I don't think that you would ever go on I have a friend, Eddie, that um, does tattoos. He's a tattoo artist. He's really Mm -hmm. good. And maybe he would do a Cylon on my arm. I do, think I'd do it on my arm. Do you realize how painful they are for like well, and days and for weeks diabetics? Afterwards? You probably have to be careful. Probably not a good idea. Yeah, we could do a Hannah one. I bet your daughter. Oh, Hannah Cylon—that'd be cute. Here's my Cylon. His name is Hannah. He will fade away. Yeah, but it yeah. wouldn't hurt. Just be painted on. <laughs> of course, it only lasts a couple weeks. <laughs> but oh well. Yeah, but for that two weeks, I'd be in retro 80s land. Yes, you'd be I could play happy. all the 80s music I want you and know, watch I all the Battle episodes. You know, I Battlestar Galactica actually came out in the 70s. Yeah, so so it did. Mm-hmm. It did, actually, because Galactica 1980 came out afterwards. Yeah, and it wasn't as good. Well, that's another so whole program. how did we get on this geeky 80s stuff? It's because <coughs> you play geeky 80s music. That, and I was laughing at the anomaly ladies and their, yeah. the humans are dead. That's a funny flight of the Concords. I don't remember that. Sorry. Oh gosh, it's funny, 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 funny. Not very appropriate, but funny. Yeah. Nonetheless, kind of reminds me of Monty Python. Yeah, Bring well, yeah, 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 yeah. No, not no, no. dead yet. No, not not like that. Oh, okay. You don't know the whole song, but it's okay. It's fine. Yeah, I don't like. Don't it. don't. I probably don't. Let's like go it. on to something else. Yes, sounds fine. So, boy, what a week again here at the Moyer household. And uh, yeah, we had some some pretty exciting things happen. Most notably, our daughter. Where yes. is she? Hey, Catherine, come here. She got a very important phone call this week. She did. Not quite, you know, being accepted to Harvard or Where something. Where is she? Come but... here. Let, let's have her tell everybody. Catherine, we're trying to find her. Um, Catherine. I know she's here somewhere. Come here, honey. Oh, she, you call her honey on a podcast. Uh, actually, she's not coming. She's pretending she's not hearing Oh, us. she's hearing you. Come on. Come here. Come here. I'm waving at her. Come here. Come here. We're in, we're in the, the studio. And she's in the front room. You know, and it looks like it's slushing out. It's kind of a snow slushing slush. I don't think snowing. anybody cares. They can't see it. So yeah. get So we'll put you on pause here and get Catherine. Hold on one second. Well, we roped her into the room, but it wasn't easy. Not at all. But, you know, she is 16. What's up with that teenage thing? Yes, it it just doesn't seem right. It seems like yesterday. Was I like that when I was a teenager? I think you were worse. (laughs) All of us at the same time, we say, we think you were worse. (laughs) Uh, It's been so long, I can't remember. So what exciting thing happened this week, Catherine? Uh, Not only have you just now got your driver's license here the last couple of weeks, but now something exciting has happened. I don't know if it's that exciting. 
Well, I think it is. <laughs> okay. What, what is what's going on? Where are you going today at uh, soon? Well, I'm going to my second day on the job. You got a job. Yes. That's pretty tough to do in this economy. You got a job. Where are you working at? Domino's Pizza. Oh, my goodness. Pizza, baby. It's crazy. <laughs> oh, man. You've been learning the codes to all the, the, the toppings, haven't you? Yeah, which make no sense, of course. Of course. Yeah. Of course. But it's been fun. Yeah. So what your first day then, what did they have you do? Uh, a bunch of little things. like Just breaking you in yeah. a little bit. <coughs> um, lots of putting stuff on the oven and <coughs> yeah. you know and toppings um, two, and stuff. Two toppy, two topper pizzas, you know that kind of stuff. So if somebody just ordered like one topping or two, then you could put the toppings on yes, the pizza. Yes, because I, I I'm not that fast yet. So, but you'll get you are getting faster by the end of your shift, huh? I I hope so. Yeah. They said I was doing a little bit better. Yeah. Well, that's good. All right. Well, and so did you get any, did you get a uniform or anything? Yep. I have a hat and a shirt. Cool. Do you wear one of those and cool Domino's aprons? Yep. <coughs> That's cool. So do you get to eat pizza while you're working? Um, I don't think so. Oh. I mean, I guess you could have in your breaks or something, but. Yeah, I guess. But I don't, I don't even need breaks because I'm only I've only been there for three hours at a time. So oh, far. okay. So you train now till till next week, and then you're gonna be on the shift or on I, the schedule, huh? I guess so. Well, if I, hope, I do okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess you have to go in and, and try to figure that all out, huh? Yeah. Well, congratulations, Catherine. That's a a milestone. Thanks. Can you get your first job? That's pretty exciting. Yeah. So congrats. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. See, that was. That was like pulling teeth right there, everybody. Yeah, but now she's looking for a good used car because yeah. um, right now we're sharing um, vehicles and she's using my car, so I have to get done with my job and then she takes my car. Yeah. And we do have another vehicle that we've We've considered having her. It is so snowing big time now. Oh, um, so we have another uh, little old truck, but it's a, a manual, and it's not an easy truck to drive. Yeah, it doesn't have power steering, no power windows. And it stalls all the time. No, it doesn't. Well. Only it, if you don't know how to use a clutch. If you don't know how to, which she's trying to learn, but yeah, it's a little complicated. Yeah, she's not doing too bad. Yeah. I'm actually not very good at driving it, so I've had to have you try to teach her. And yeah, you actually don't drive a clutch. I, well, a I manual. did. I did on the farm, but only in first Honey, gear and reverse. How old are you? Okay, <sighs> when was the last time you drove on the farm? A long time ago. Okay, so let's just say yeah. you don't remember how to do that. Yeah, well, I have driven it a couple miles and back. Well, you have but... a license. You could always just go jump in my truck and drive around the neighborhood. You uh, learn pretty quick. Yeah. I guess maybe that's that's Catherine's problem, that she genetically inherited my dislike of manuals. Do you think so? I don't know. Once you once you get into a manual car and you start driving it around, it's pretty cool after a while. Mm. At first, it's kind of scary because you roll backwards and stuff, and that's no fun. Since we started this show, we have a blizzard going on. <laughs> Why you keep looking at the window, freaking out? Uh, 
Well, that's because my 16-year-old's going to be driving to work soon. No, I will drive her in this if it's yeah. doing this. Yeah. Yeah. If it doesn't stick, it might be okay, but it it's getting pretty white out, so. Yeah, it is. Yes, we don't want her to not be able to see. Anything else exciting happened this week for you, my dear? You know, the main thing was just, you know, making sure Catherine had everything. I was actually out of town, I think. Yeah. When she, well, yeah. I, was, I went shopping with her. Yeah, you, you took her to get her sensible non-skid shoes. I called them non-stick shoes, but they're non, non-slip shoes. Non-slip but then, then I went into Ross, everybody. I did. You did. That's dangerous. And I found the collector's edition of uh, of um, Blade Runner. Blade Runner with Harrison Ford on DVD, and bought it. Yes, yes. But and she, my wife says you don't ever watch DVDs. Why would you I buy? No, we hardly ever watch DVDs. I I just think it's kind of crazy. Well, you sometimes watch Blade Star, Runner. You sometimes watch Star Trek movies, but yeah, kind of crazy. Yeah, I well recently I. Um, a friend gave me three Blu-rays of Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Star Trek 4, 6, and 10. Okay. 10. No. First Contact. That would have been 6, 7, 8. That's 8, I think. Isn't that? Isn't 8 First Contact? So you don't have the, the Blu-ray of the one with the whales? Isn't no, that No, no. That's number 4. Oh, I thought that was 5. Number 5 is The Search for God with Kirk. I didn't really like that one. Yeah, it wasn't the greatest. It had some good moments, though, like marshmallows. Oh, that was the one and with the row, marshmallows. Row, row, your boat. Jim, okay. life is not a dream. Hmm. Yeah. I like good the night, anti-gravity spot. boots and the mountain climbing. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Go and climb a, a rock. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got on Star Trek. But, oh, I guess I just it, got some new Blu-rays from a Blu-rays, friend, which was really yes. nice of her yes. to give that to us. So... so and we were talking about shopping. That's right, Catherine. shopping at Ross, and then we went to Walmart and and, and Payless shoes. I think I didn't go into the shoe store. I sat out and played on Catherine. my my uh, iPhone. Found found her sensible work shoes at Payless shoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. that's kind of our week. And mm-hmm. uh, the other thing that's really exciting, though, is uh-huh. we are planning a little trip to meet one of our really good friends that we haven't seen in years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Um, her name is Shirley. Mm-hmm. And she lives in Canada, and we are going to meet her in Washington State at a tulip festival in Laconner. Mm-hmm. And uh, her and a friend are driving down, and we're going to meet them and go through the tulips and take pictures. I'm bringing my camera and a bunch of stuff, and and uh, then we're going to have lunch together and spend the day with with Shirley and her friend. And I am so excited about seeing her. She is such a, a blessing and a, a good friend. We talk all the time on... Uh, Instant messaging back and forth, you know, and she listens to our po- she listens to our podcast. So hi, Shirley. Mm-hmm. You oh. know, and I was just remembering we met Shirley twenty four years ago. Twenty four years we, ago, we were camping, and you had your guitar, and and she and her husband came and sang um, mm-hmm. some worship songs with us. Yeah, around the campfire, and then we got to know them, and yeah. got to be friends with them for many, many, many years, and. Um, and we just recently reconnected here in the last year or so, and mm-hmm. uh, and it's been really good to uh, through to, the internet. Yeah, yeah. So surely we're looking yeah. forward to coming up to the Tulip Festival. It's going to be a blast, mm-hmm. and we really can't wait to see you because we just think you're awesome. You're such a nice person, and it's, and it's been too long. It has been way too long. We mm-hmm. shouldn't have waited this long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So that's going to be fun. So we're kind of preparing yes. for that and looking at how to get up there and all the routes and all that stuff and all the stuff I'm going to take with me to take cool pictures. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Isn't that exciting, huh? Yeah. So Jeez. that's what ha- that's what's happening at our house more um, right now and in the future. And so... <laughs> <laughs> I always laugh because you try to do these like segues and and then you're like I don't know what to say next. Okay. But you're awesome. I just why, want you to know that. Just, I'm so glad I'm married to you. Why don't you just go on to the next point then? Well, I will. We'll be right back and we're going to jump into our topic of the day. Our topic this week, ladies and gents, is going to be on the Sunday school series or Sunday cool series. Um what happens when bad things happen to you? What do you do? And we're going to talk about Joseph's life. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, the second part of the story of Joseph, where um, where his brothers throw him into a well and then sell him into slavery. And how does that relate to us? How does this story make any sense at all in our own lives? So stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs> Eleven teams of two in an exciting race around the world to win one million dollars on The Amazing Race. I'm Joyce. And I'm Al. On our show, The Amazing Race Fast Forward Podcast, we'll recap each weekly episode of The Amazing Race, give you a rundown on each team, and tell you our predictions on who we think will cross the mat in first place each week and ultimately win the $1 million prize. We'll also share listener predictions and other interesting information we pick up along the season. Check out the Fast Forward podcast in iTunes or at fastforwardtar.com and we'll see you at the Fast Forward. I've been enjoying The Amazing Race so far. Yeah, I've watched a little bit of it with you. It was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Guess what? What? You can now hear... Take him with you while on the go with Stitcher Smart Radio. Yeah. Very cool. We've joined the Stitcher Radio thing. Radio thing. (laughs) Well, it's on-demand news, talk, and all that kind of stuff right on your mobile phone. So if you have an iPhone or an Android phone or an iPad or something like that and you just want to get our latest stuff without syncing or anything like that, Mm -hmm. you can get the latest episodes always right there on the Stitcher Radio app. Oh, cool. Yeah. You don't have to have it on memory or storage or anything like that. You can just mm-hmm. get it right on your iPhone and your iPad, the Androids and all that stuff. Awesome. Yeah. So downloading is really easy. You just go to Stitcher.com or check out your the App Store and you'll find Stitcher Smart Radio. And uh, they, they, they have their tagline. You ready? Okay. The smarter way to listen to radio. Stitcher Smart Radio. Very cool. Yeah, so we're on there now. So we should get some more listeners, and everybody should download that app. Right? Right. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are on the uh, second in our series called... Sunday Cool. What do the stories of in the Bible have to do with modern everyday life, especially our own lives? Kind of cool, huh? Yep. Wow, that's so <laughs> insightful of you. <laughs> Last week we talked about 
uh, what had happened with a, a character in the Bible named Joseph. Joseph was was a guy. He was a young young man that was was fairly arrogant from the story that we read. Um, <clears throat> he at least he didn't have a lot of discernment. Let's just put it that mm-hmm. way. And he shared last week. We talked about dreams and who do you share your dreams with and you know how you can get in trouble if you're arrogant with that or not using discernment on who you share with and so on and so forth. And it was a good discussion and we had lots of really uh, good feedback on it. So that's cool. Good. So this week, we're going to be talking about the next part of the story. Mm-hmm. Now, you can read all about Joseph in the Old Testament, which is the first uh, books in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, before the New Testament, Is there's the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Bible's made up out of, of 66 different books by many different authors. And uh, as you and I believe, we think the authors were inspired by God. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of really, really good stuff in there if we read it for the idea of getting wisdom and understanding God better. Yeah. And the Bible was never actually meant to be used like we see it used today, where people use it as a weapon against groups of people, or they or they use it to um, feel superior to another group of people. That was never the intention of the Bible. No. It's supposed to inspire us to have a relationship with God and to be take care of ourselves and our neighbors, to be kind. Yeah. yeah, basically, it's not a book full of you cannot do this, even though that's what it's been, you know, represented like. It's really a book full of this is what you can do if mm-hmm. you believe in God. Yeah. And really, when you look at it from that perspective, it changes the way you read it. And it changes the way you understand it. And some of the biggest hurdles that we run into when reading the Bible is reading it in a thing called context. Mm-hmm. A lot of people in a book that big can just pull different things out of it and then use... It's like, you know you know when we sit around and we quote Monty Python movies or, or there's maybe a certain entertainment that we really like or we just sing one lyric uh, of a song. Mm-hmm. You don't get the full picture of a movie or a song, by just pulling out one little piece. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is nowadays, it seems like different groups of people pull out what they want to, to justify their particular opinion on something. And they don't really look at the context in which that particular story was was written in, and what was going on in the culture, mm-hmm. what, you know, what date it was. Um, who it was written by and who it was written to. That makes mm-hmm. a lot of difference. Yeah. It, you know, on how a story or, or, or literature is even interpreted. It's very mm-hmm. important to look at things in context. And I think yes. I think one of the reasons we have such a, a communication gap between people that claim to be believers and those that aren't is the context in which they take the Bible. Yeah. There. Am I done preaching? Mm-hmm. Which... Um, one little blurb here that if you go to either of our Facebook pages, um, you're Rick.Moyer and I'm Amy.Moyer on Facebook.com forward slash. I am Rick.Moyer. Um, I like that. We both posted a, a, really, a really interesting article about a lady who lived an experiment in taking very legalistic 
literal interpretations of the Bible, not taking things in context, and tried to live out a whole year. And, and she didn't do all the things all year, but she, she experimented doing um, very literal interpretations of the Bible. And she, as a, as, um, as a woman, like what the, how the Bible addresses women. And she had a very interesting um, s- speaking appointment, or how would you call that? Um, she well, she was she was, a, she was a asked. Guest speaker yeah, she at, was asked to to um, share at chapel at Baylor University. Very fascinating lecture, I guess mm-hmm. would be what you call it. PowerPoint thing that she did. Well, um, she wrote a book. Mm-hmm. But it's not coming out till September. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend if anyone can go and you can go to the link from our Facebook page. Very interesting um, chapel service. I, very thought provoking because uh, and we were talking about taking the Bible literally and taking it out of context. And and she actually did that on purpose for a year and did a kind of an experiment. And talk to a lot of different people from different people groups, um, very yeah. conservative groups, and and she got a really interesting perspective on and some interesting conclusions she drew from all that. Yeah, it was really a great great video to watch and hear her whole experience. Her name is Rachel Evans, and she has a, a great blog on the internet, and you can find her at uh, Rachel. Um, how does how does let me see. I got to go to her blog real quick and make sure that I had this right. Rachel Held Evans, H E L D. Yeah, rachelheldevans.com. And she has a blog there and talks a lot about her experiences and she's written a I think a couple of different books. Very very interesting stuff and especially you and I really liked it because it really challenges that hardline religious attitude Mm-hmm. Of of taking scriptures and and hurting people with them, she challenges that and says, "Look, let's look at the Bible the way it was written, and in context, and what yeah. does this mean?" And she did the actual research. For instance, one particular part that she read, which I thought was really interesting, was there's a there's a in in Christian circles there's this thing called the Proverbs thirty one woman, mm-hmm. and and what it is is it's it's chapter thirty one of of Proverbs is all about this woman who's basically superwoman like wonder woman and she does all this stuff she you know she she bakes she sews she, she hunts she stays up past dark and gets up before morning right and she serves her husband and her kids and the people in the town and blah blah blah, blah, blah. it's just it's just she, like no way that anybody could ever but in christian circles it's touted as this this is what a, a biblical woman should be uh-huh. well now she said all right that's impossible to be that way yeah. There's no way. So she went and she researched it and found when she spoke to people in the Jewish community, mm-hmm. they had a completely different perspective on Proverbs 31 because they said, no, 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 this isn't uh, something that you hold up and say, that's that's what a standard I should be. This is actually a report about a particular woman and what she did. Mm-hmm. And they're praising her for her ingenuity and and. See, it's not at all about how we, you know, all women are supposed to be like this particular woman. So yeah. that was a different perspective. And just things like that that I think are really good for us to be challenged on our traditional thinking because our traditional thinking has got us into some serious problems. 
Yeah. And not a lot of people understand the Bible as a result of things, Mm -hmm. you know, of of the way that people represent it. Yeah. And I know that that really didn't have anything to do with our subject of Joseph today. It kind of does. It kind of does because she went through and went through the whole Old Testament and and maybe some of the New Testament as regards to... um, Commandments what, for women. What a biblical woman right. should be like, and um, well, you can listen so to her it talk. It was really interesting. Go listen to it. We'll, we could do a pro, whole program on that. In fact, yeah. we probably should someday. That maybe would be we great. should interview her or something. Yeah, maybe she would let us interview her. That would be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So very very cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's go on and get into the actual subject that we're gonna gonna be talking about today. If you want to follow along, you can go to Genesis chapter thirty-seven. I'm gonna be reading out of the New Living. Um, translation. And we're going to pick up right after what we left off last time is the brothers saw Joseph coming and they devised a plan to kill him. And uh, they were going to they were going to kill him and uh, basically get rid of him so that they didn't have to in, see what happens to his dreams now is basically mm-hmm. what they said. They were going to try to crush his dreams. By crushing him. <laughs> right. And so that's yeah. where we're going to take up now. Are you ready? Yep. Go okay. ahead. We're in, in chapter 37 of Genesis, starting with verse 21. It says, But when Reuben, by the way, that's one of his brothers, <coughs> heard of their scheme, he came to Joseph's rescue. He said, Let's not kill him. Why should we shed any blood? Let's just throw him into this empty cistern here in the wilderness. Then he'll die without our laying a hand on him. See, Reuben was secretly planning to rescue Joseph and return him to his father. So apparently here, this I'm now I'm talking about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Apparently here, uh, Reuben was on Joseph. He cared about his, his brother. Mm-hmm. And I think he more that he cared about his dad. And he knew that uh, that Joseph was very important to his father. So he decided, well, let's get him not to kill him. Maybe they'll throw him in this well and, you know, they all think that he's died, but I'll just, I'll rescue him and take him back to dad. Mm-hmm. So, verse 23. So when Joseph arrived, his brothers ripped off the beautiful robe he was wearing. And then they grabbed him and threw him into the cistern, which basically a cistern is like a well or a place where they would hold water. Mm-hmm. That's basically what it was. And we don't know how deep it was, but obviously he couldn't get out of it. Now, the cistern was empty. There was no water in it. Then, just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders taking a load of gum, balm, and aromatic resin from Gilead down to Egypt. So Judah said to his brothers, what will we gain by killing our brother? We'd, we'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traitors. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood, and his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were the Midianite traitors, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. Hmm... That sounds familiar. And the traders took him to Egypt. All right. So now now we're, again, it's me. Uh, Now we've got a situation on our hands where the brothers decided, 
instead of kill him, let's let's uh, sell him to these folks and get rid of him. They'll just take him off our hands. Hmm. Interesting. Sometime later, Reuben must not have been in on that part of it because it says sometime later, Reuben returned to get Joseph out of the cistern. He didn't know they'd done this. Yeah. When he discovered that Joseph was missing, he tore his clothes in grief. Now, you have to remember, in this culture, if something horrible happened, I mean really horrible, mm-hmm. and they're, to express how grieved they were, they'd actually rip their clothes. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, people don't do that usually. But, but that was in their culture. That's what happened if they were really, really upset. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a pretty major thing because... Yeah, their Most clothes, people yeah. didn't have a lot of changes of clothes. Yeah, not unless you were rich. Yeah. Yeah. So he rips his clothes in grief, and then he went back to his brothers and lamented, the boy is gone. What will I do now? Then the brothers killed a young goat and dipped Joseph's robe in its blood. They sent the beautiful robe to their father with this message, look at what we found. Doesn't this robe belong to your son? The father recognized it immediately. Yes, he said. It is my son's robe. A wild animal must have eaten him. Joseph has clearly been torn to pieces. See, they didn't have CSI back then to do a DNA thing (laughs) and find out if it was animal or human blood. Yeah. Then Jacob tore his clothes. So he did the same thing. Ripped his clothes and dressed himself in burlap. They, they would totally dress down when something horrible was happening. Mm-hmm. He mourned deeply for his son for a long time. doesn't say how long, but a long time. Mm-hmm. His family all tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. I will go to my grave mourning for my son, he would say. And then he would, he would weep. Mm-hmm. Oh, kind of sad. Yeah. So meanwhile... The Midianite traders arrived in Egypt where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was captain of the palace guard. Okay, we're stopping Mm -hmm. there. We're stopping there. There's a lot that happened in just those few little verses. Yeah, you know, from verse 18 down to verse 36, we find a, a really interesting thing. Now, Granted, Joseph really hadn't done anything wrong other than been a little bit prideful. Mm-hmm. Maybe shared too much. Right. But his brothers here are really the ones that have done some pretty awful, nasty things. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Reuben. I mean, I don't think, you know, I th- anyway, there was one guy that was for him. The rest yeah. of them were against him. Well, and and another thing, a lot of the reason why his brothers didn't, like him didn't necessarily had to have to do with who how Joseph came across um, totally but obviously the dad played favorites and that yeah. you know giving him a fancy coat a special coat and favoring him favoring not having him, him go out to work like the other ones um, obviously the dad played favorites because this was the firstborn son of of the wife that he loved the most, right? Um, yeah, and that's a different, whole different conversation because today, generally, there are there are bigamists, um, but or polygamists, I guess you call it. But 
Um, generally today, most people only marry to one person at a time. But back then, and still in Middle, Middle Eastern culture, it's common for men to have more than one wife. And that happened here. And it caused some, we talked about this last week, blended family problems and favoring one child over right. others. Or And you maybe, know. you know, maybe you can relate to that as you're listening. Maybe you come from a blended family and maybe you felt like either your parents favored you or or your parents favored the other other folks. You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, your stepbrothers and sisters. I don't know. But uh, we do know this. We know that it causes problems when people yes. are treated differently. Yes. And God doesn't like it when people are treated differently. That's why he treats everybody the same and loves everybody the same, mm-hmm. which I think is cool. Yes. So, okay, so this happens. Um, here's the point I want to make through this, though, is Joseph really hadn't done anything to deserve what happened to him. No. In fact, can you imagine what he must have been feeling like when, first of all, he shows up to see how they're doing, and they they basically attack him. Mm-hmm. And he probably thinks he's going to be killed, and he probably doesn't even know why. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It doesn't say that they said anything to him. But um, then to be thrown down an em- into an empty water container, you know, mm-hmm. and basically, you know, I mean, who knows what was in there, scorpions or you know, yucky things in the pit there. And it, it probably wasn't very fun. And he probably was all beaten up too, you know. Mm-hmm. So who knows what he was feeling like, but it couldn't have been good. Yeah, if if nothing else, you know, I'm sure he just felt rejection and abandonment and, you know, just... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, really now, bad. and then, so let's talk about that for a moment. You know that he did not wake up that morning thinking, hey, my brothers are going to betray me and they're going to they're going to um you know reject me and they're going to try to kill me and and they're going to sell me into slavery. He didn't wake up thinking that. So completely unexpected thing happens to mm-hmm. him and it's not good. No, he dressed up in his nice coat and yeah. went off to do an errand for his dad and, and he loses his yeah. coat mm-hmm. and he almost loses his life. Yeah. And but even more so he's rejected by his own flesh and blood. Mhm. Very difficult. Very. Yeah. So now think about this on a practical level level in our own lives. How many times in life have we had something similar? Now, I'm not talking about being thrown in a pit, not talking about being sold into slavery, but I am talking about feeling that rejection and that unexpected loss and pain when you never expected it to happen. All of a sudden it happens to you. What do you do? It really doesn't say what Joseph did yet. It will. We're going to get into the story later after he gets sold to Potiphar. Mm-hmm. And when we get into that part of the story, it's going to say what, how he dealt with it. Mm-hmm. But at this point, we don't know exactly what he did. It, it, he must have had a lot of different feelings. Yeah. And it's really interesting. Sometimes in life, and this happens a lot, bad things happen to good people. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't look fair, and I would imagine, um, I mean, I've had things like this happen where I'm rejected by people that are very close to me and, and uh, you know, completely unaware of some stuff that was going on, and I have to say, the feelings are very hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we asked an impromptu question on 
our Facebook page yeah. of when something bad happens to you, how do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. What do you do to get a grip on what's going on? Because when things that are out of our control happen to us, we have a choice on how we react to them. Mm-hmm. And it's not always easy. In fact, I don't know if it's ever easy when bad things happen to us. Get that unexpected bill in the mail. The car breaks down. Um, you owe your for your taxes instead of getting something back. Uh, somebody at work is bothering you. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. You know, death in the family, death of a friend. We could just we could just start saying all sorts of bad things. What happens when you run into something like that? What do you do? And we had a lot of different answers. We have a lot of really good answers. Um, first choice says, my first reaction is to explode. But from past experience, um, that, I think it's supposed to be never works. There's a little typo there. So I try to put myself in the opposite position and go from there. Or call the cops. <laughs> so it depends on, on what the situation is, I guess. Um, sometimes you can go, oh, okay, I'll try to see see from the other person's perspective. Or, sure. But sometimes if you're in a dangerous position, that calling the cops might be a good idea. Well, yeah, if it's out of your control. Sometimes yeah. those kind of things are emergency situations. Yeah. So Ben says... I used to drink myself into oblivion. You said that so happy. I used to drink (laughs) myself into oblivion. (laughs) Wow. Sorry. (laughs) You should really read that. I used to drink myself into oblivion. Okay. I'm sorry. That was just funny. I thought I got a kick out of that. I guess being a good Baptist girl, I'm not used to saying that. (laughs) That's okay. Go on to the next line. Okay. Okay, so um, now I simply meditate on the positive aspect of life and tell myself that whatever it is that is bad is beyond my control and to stop dwelling on it. Um, stop dwelling on uh, that, that in which, which creates, creates negative, negative energy. energy. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. That's excellent, Yeah. Uh, ben. Okay, John wrote down, run and recite the serenity prayer over and over and over again. That's a very good prayer. Yes, right? it is. It is a very good prayer. Yes. Um, Heather says, whenever something bad happens to me that I cannot control, I try to let it roll off my shoulders and just ignore it. I try to think of ways, if possible, that I can avoid the problem in the future. Then I pray about it, but probably not as much as I really should. I think we all feel that way sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us, when something bad happens, the, the natural reaction is to curl up and get away from it mm-hmm. or try to ignore it. Not always. Fight, can't, you fight can't, or flight. Well, yeah, but you can't. The, unfortunately, the, the bad part is you can't really ignore it because it will eventually catch up to you. Mm-hmm. But I really like what she says about uh, probably not as much as I really should pray about it. We Really, as human beings, a lot of times we don't pray as much as we should mm-hmm. just because we, we try to figure it out on our own. And uh, unfortunately, it doesn't work too well that way. The, the Really, what we should be doing is is praying first. If we, if we really were thinking about it, pray mm-hmm. first and ask God for help and then see what happens. But I don't always do that either. We're human. Yeah. Yes. I don't like being human, but that's how it works. 
<laughs> well, you could be Romulan. Or I was thinking like a skunk or a a pickle. Or oh, you weren't thinking Star Trek. I always uh, think Star Trek. Yeah, I guess I think gardening and woods. <laughs> so, so. Okay. <laughs> a pickle. How about Debbie? What does she say? Um, Debbie says, "Pray for the strength that I will not go postal on whoever or whatever is causing the problem." That's always a good thing to do. Yes. I think it's hard not to lash out when when you haven't done anything to cause the pain. Mm-hmm. When you are not the person. When somebody else's dysfunction causes you grief, mm-hmm. it's really easy to get angry about that. Well, I don't know anybody that doesn't get angry about that. And, and the Bible says be angry, but sin not. So anger is a feeling especially if there's some injustice that has happened the bible says rejoice not with injustice so you know there's kind of a righteous indignation like when something has is wrong that has happened something hurt people or you know some wrong was committed um you're not to be happy about that you can be angry about that i think the line comes when we take out our anger on people or things in a harmful way, but you can admit to yourself, you know, I think it's healthy to say, I'm angry about this situation. You know, this situation is not right. What happened here is not right. Mm-hmm. It's not wrong to be upset about something. That's just a feeling. It's what we do with that feeling. That really counts. That, that you know, <coughs> could be positive I, or negative. I know you don't like this program, but I watched a show with Gordon Ramsay called Kitchen Nightmares. Yeah. And really interesting. We watched one of them or I did last night and the I the, didn't watch it. The think. owner of the restaurant what, mm-hmm. he, what okay, well the show works this way. He goes into a failing restaurant and then helps remodel the place and then uh talks to their crew and samples their food and changes basically everything about the restaurant and tries to get it to work mm-hmm. functioning again. So he, this last night I was watching it and I and I saw a very interesting owner who basically obviously had a personality disorder. And by that all of us here probably know, we may not call it this, but there are people in the world that are very narcissistic and sociopathic. Now I not I'm not just talking about the serial killers here. I'm talking about everyday people that are in in positions of power mm-hmm. that actually don't have much of a conscience. They're very selfish and unfeeling towards others. Right. And don't even realize most of the time that they're hurting others because they're so nasty. Mm-hmm. And this particular lady was that way. The boss was. Mm-hmm. And it was really interesting to watch um, as they brought all the employees together without her there. And they asked what they felt like and what they what they were thinking when they were around this lady and the mm-hmm. the the things that I heard come out of their mouth were the same things that I imagine Joseph was feeling about his brothers because obviously you can't I mean th- there's nothing you can do about somebody being a jerk to you mm-hmm. but how they they were all at and unfortunately they were all scared and intimidated by her so none of them would tell her the truth and they were all scared of being fired. And you know what? Unfortunately, I've been in that situation before mm-hmm. where I had a boss that was, uh, actually, I've had a few, uh, but one in particular that was just that way. Nobody would say what they really thought. 
because they were afraid of being fired and he kind of hung that over us. Mm-hmm. And so bad situations would happen and then we'd have to deal with it and yeah. try to figure out how we were going to deal with it. And you're right. It, it really meant that we had to reevaluate how we were going to respond because if in fact that we push back in a, in a nasty manner, mm-hmm. then we're no better than they are. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that we should let people walk all over us at all. Mm-hmm. But there is a way to respond to people that are unkind and have, have messed you over. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes they're so nasty that you have to get legal stuff involved. Other times, you can just walk away. Just find a different job. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, you know, what's hard is in Joseph's case, which it is for a lot of people, um, it happened it to be family yeah, that, you can't, what are you that do? were mean yeah, what are you and do there? abusive. And yeah. Yeah, so that's hard. We'll find out what oh, we he, have friends, how he handled uh, it I mean, later. I happen to have a good relationship with my parents, but I have friends that have psychopathic parents mm-hmm. that are mean and nasty and say all sorts of bad stuff and yeah. have done some pretty mean things to them, and they're pretty broken up about it. But they've mm-hmm. learned, you know, they've learned to live with difficult people um, by just not being all around them a whole lot. Yeah. And, and that's uh, sometimes that's what you have to do. That's sad when it's family and, and you, you know, have to avoid going to, to your parents or grandparents' house just because they're abusive and mean. But can't sometimes remember, you have to do that. I can't remember what show it was I was watching. You might remember what show it was. But I heard something and it struck in me and I, I still think about it. And you know that feeling of betrayal you have when somebody messes you over? I don't feel it really strong if it's somebody I don't know. Oh, yeah, because it really isn't a real, it can't be a real betrayal unless, unless you it's know someone the person that's, well. that's close to you. Exactly. And mm-hmm. so when you feel feelings of betrayal, so the reason they are so strong of an emotion mm-hmm. and the reason they cut you at the core is, is for that very thing is that uh, if someone is close to you, that's the only way you can be betrayed. Well, if it's a friend or a family member, there's an assumption there that they're going to have your back. Right. That this is a person that would, you know, stand up for you, not hurt you. And so I think that's why it's so hard when, you know, someone close to us, family or friends, um, does hurtful things. Yeah. So. Okay. Let's go on because we're yeah. We're, well, that wasn't really much of a rabbit trail. I think it was with yeah. our subject, but so uh, um, Mike Mike says mm-hmm. now or no, I will go through the five stages of grief and pray to get through them with as little baggage as possible. Mm-hmm. Now that's a really interesting answer because they have identified the five um, stages of grief, mm-hmm. and if you kind of know that when something bad happens, that's what you're going to experience. It it doesn't make it feel better, but you do you do know. You're going to get through it. And you can recognize it. And, you know. It's normal. You, like, like I had somebody yeah. tell me, man, I'm, I'm so angry, you know. And mm-hmm. and I said, you know what? That's okay because that's part of the stages of grief. Yeah. And there's there can be denial. There can be mm-hmm. anger. Negotiating. Um, negotiating. Uh, there's, and, yeah. You know, and then finally. Acceptance. Acceptance. And when you can move on and start serving your fellow man again, trusting again, Um you know, and sometimes it, it can take days, weeks, yep. sometimes yep. years to go through that. And as we as we read the story of Joseph, he worked his way through that and came out 
victorious, I guess I would say, um, where he was a very functioning um, individual. But it took him a while. Well, that and it, it didn't look so good a couple of times. Yeah. So he went through some really rough stuff. And mm-hmm. that seems, seems to happen with us, too. You know, we may have a time in our a season in our life when things are going real well. And then all of a sudden things kind of get haywire. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've gone through a divorce or if you've uh, some you know, kind of loss, some kind of loss, you lost a job or whatever, or lost a parent or a, a sibling or a spouse, you know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets it gets pretty rough during yeah. those times. But but the season always changes and things go on. Yeah. Um, Melissa is a girl after my own heart. She says, I usually cry and hug my husband and girls. And then I work on thinking positive. <laughs> that kind of sounds like my reaction. That's reality I, right I there. I usually cry and, and, you know, say I need a hug. And, <laughs> and you know then what? I work on trying to think positive. You know what? There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. That sounds like my reaction. Um, Ron mm-hmm. says, pray for strength and try to give it to God. Yeah. Now, the, the phrase, give it to God, that's an interesting thing. Let's talk about yeah. that for a minute. Because I think a lot of times that's said... Mm-hmm. But how many people really know how to give a situation like this over to God? How do you do that? You know, and I, I, I've actually thought about this a lot lately about because I'm reading through. Um, do you need to push pause? Because I think you're getting a phone call. Oh, I will call them back. Okay. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot because I've been going through the Old Testament in my daily audio Bible podcast I listen to. And there's a lot in the Old Testament about altars. About oh, like, What do you mean by that? Well, sometimes it was as simple as they like took 12 big stones and there was one stone for each tribe of Israel and they... They piled them up and they made well, an altar. No, no. And other no, no, times, no. what do I what I mean by that is what's an altar? I'm trying to explain. All right. Sometimes it was just a pile of stones. Sometimes it was a more ornate thing, and it was some place that people brought their gifts and they laid their gifts before God. Um, sometimes it was grain or fruit or wine or um, animals. And they gave their gifts. Um, we have friends that are Buddhists, and they have a little shrine or altar in their restaurant, and they put fruit up there and incense and stuff. Well, I th- I've been thinking about this whole concept of altar, and sometimes because in the New Testament, Christ describes the temple as being inside of us, that his spirit dwells inside of us. When, so the altar is inside of us? So, Well, what I'm trying to say is that it's more of an abstract concept today when Jesus says his kingdom is not of this world. It's more of a spiritual concept than a physical concept. And so, so sometimes it's hard to... To get that picture, this is where I'm coming around, the spaghetti coming around here. I'm waiting. Is about laying things on the altar, giving them to God. Oh, okay. You know, in the Old Testament, you could physically lay things on an altar. Right. But today, when we have our problems and our concerns, and they're heavy on our heart, we don't really have a, a physical altar that we can lay them on. But supposedly, you know, by prayer, 
um, we can say, hey, God, this is just too heavy for me. And I need help with this problem. And, you know, just pour out your your thoughts and your cares to God talking to him. I've talked about this before. It's been real helpful to me in the past. I think you've done this from time to time, too, is writing them down. It's a real practical way to, you know, kind of a symbolistic way of putting them on an altar, just writing them down and saying, God, write a letter out to God and say, this is what's really on my heart. I'm having a hard time dealing with this, God. Um, some people write better than they just talk. So when you get done with that, what? Yeah. how do you send that? Express? <laughs> yeah. Overnight? <laughs> well, like I said. Instantaneous? Like I said, you know, Jesus talks about a kingdom not of this world. And so the post office is not of this world either. I think angels, you know, might carry our concerns All to right. God or okay. something. The Bible says there's one intercessor between God and man, and that's Jesus Christ. So we can talk to God talk to Jesus and he can take our concerns to God and yeah it it is a little bit more complicated than when there was actually a physical temple that mm -hmm. you put stuff on but I again I think prayer journaling um you know just pouring our hearts out to God um yeah yeah okay thank you for that explanation yeah <coughs> sorry on giving it to God yeah that okay. yeah John says uh, how does he how does he react or what does he do if bad things happen out of his control? Mm -hmm. He says he takes Paxil, Welbutrin, Xanax, Lithium, and then he says, just kidding. Realistically, for me, it is music. Yeah, music can be very healing. You can. It can re mm -hmm. really put it in different perspective. Yeah. Chris says, I usually Spock it. <laughs> okay. I wrote, how logical. Yeah. Spock it. Now, let's talk about that for a minute. Spock it is basically to ignore what you feel because yeah. the Vulcans in Star Trek had no emotion or they weren't supposed to. Well, they they suppressed their emotions. Exactly. And I think for especially men, um, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus or something. Um, men tend to be pretty proficient at stuffing their emotions and not talking about them. Not all the time, but probably about 80% of the time. Yeah. 80% of men um, are probably stuffers and just don't talk about it, which isn't very healthy for you, but um, it, it happens. Mm -hmm. So um, Shawnee says, I investigate because knowledge is power. Sounds like a good educational um commercial yeah. okay knowledge is power i need to learn how to give it to god first but i'm just being honest i am sure i waste a ton of energy looking for solutions before i ask him to step in i think that it is a curse of independence of which um he is, is not his intention mm. so words know, of wisdom there Shawnee. yeah i think that all of us try <coughs> to understand situations and and sometimes there just really isn't a, a clear understanding of why something happened, you know. But um, And sometimes there never will be. Yeah, and that's really hard to accept for, sometimes. For me, it's very hard. Yeah. Trofa says, first I cry. <laughs> then I remind myself that although I have no control over the situation, the Lord Jesus has control over every situation. And he has promised to never leave me and never forsake me no matter what happens. That's good. I like the fact, though, that people are being real with their answers yeah. because it's really true. 
it's important, you know, when something bad happens to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you cry. Mm-hmm. And Daniel says, get stressed, then try to think of a solution. <laughs> that's that's for most of us right there. Yeah, that's real. Yeah. When the when reality comes crashing home that something bad has happened, yeah. it's not very fun. Yes. Denial is the first thing we stress, want to do. Stress is not fun no. to feel like you're going to, you know. What are we going to do? Yeah, when you, your hands get clammy and your, your heart races. And, yeah. You know, can you tell I've been stressed before? I think we all have. Okay, you want to read the next one? I'm sure. Uh, Kathy says, prayers being strong, my Bible, and if that doesn't, oh, yeah, prayers being strong, my Bible, and if that doesn't calm me down, I hunt down the problem and work through it. Mm. Yes, and sometimes, I, was was it the other day? I was really, really stressed about something. Just a second here. Oh. That was our daughter calling to tell us that she made it to work safely. Yes, yes. I make her call. Uh huh. But I can't remember. Remember the other night I was sitting on the couch and I said, I listened to a bunch of the Bible today and I listened to some worship music today and I prayed a bunch today and I'm still feeling stressed. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I wasn't quite sure why, but you know, sometimes you just have times where you're just not handling the stress as well. But. Um, but those things generally do help me. Um, yeah. I said, um, Wendy says, I instantly stress and vent at or to my husband. <laughs> um, take a deep breath and remind myself that if I can't fix or control it to let it be, then I hand it over to God, working on skipping the first couple of steps and just going to God. But it's a process, smiley face. Yeah, that's good, Wendy. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and and sometimes it is helpful, I think, if you have a friend or a spouse, someone that you know will love you even if you don't show your pretty side. You know, if you can say, I just need to talk about this because this has made me upset and and that's okay. And you know, God can handle that too because he knows you're feeling it anyway. Yeah. So you can even tell God that something just ticked you off. (laughs) And he'll listen. And he'll listen. He can handle it. Carolyn says, I freak out about it. Then either trust God and bring it to him in prayer and look for further positive ways to resolve it or try ignoring it. Doesn't help. Stressing out, oversleeping, eating, doesn't help either. But I find myself falling into that at times anyway until I give completely everything over to God. Also, common sense helps. Is it dirty? Then clean it. And getting into the habit of seeing things half full versus half empty helps a lot, too. Perspective. Mm-hmm. It could always be worse. And God, uh, God's in control even when we can't see it. That brings me tons of comfort. Mm. Really good comments, you guys. Very good comments and very real comments. I yeah, appreciate thank you for that. that. Yeah, I yeah. really appreciate that. It's really good stuff. We love it when people um, respond to the impromptu question. And we did that just a, a, about two hours before we started the the episode mm-hmm. and got some really nice uh, comments there. And Very some, good stuff. Okay, so we've heard a lot of different things about how people react when something bad happens. Um, in this situation, we see a lot of, a lot of, of dynamics going on within the relationship between Joseph and his brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first thing we find out is that his brothers are there's some of his brothers are pretty nasty. Mm-hmm. 
And then the second thing we find is one of his brothers cares about him and his dad and really wants to fix it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, though, that doesn't work and they sell him. And he's put into slavery and they take him to Egypt and they sell him to Potiphar. Now, the Bible doesn't really talk a lot about what Joseph is feeling. No, it doesn't. But I mean, we can imagine. Well, we can imagine but because we've had things not as severe. Maybe mm-hmm. some of us have. I don't know if you've ever been sold into slavery. I don't know. There but, are people that have yeah, today. <laughs> yeah, but for, for us, we've had similar situations of betrayal mm-hmm. and the feelings that he must have gone through. But yeah. what we're going to find about Joseph is something really interesting. Now, we heard how everybody reacts to things bad that happen to them. When we come back next week, we're going to see what Joseph did to get through those feelings. And it'll be really interesting to watch because he, he, obviously he knows God and there's something there with his relationship with God that changes things for him and helps him. And, and, uh, and we'll see that things are going to look up really good for him. And then all of a sudden the bottom drops out again. Yeah. And that happens to us all the time when we think we've recovered from something and we just get going and then the bottom drops out again. What do yeah. you do when repeatedly things go on? Um, what we're going to see out of Joseph's life, in, in a nutshell, is that when when he gets sunk, he always rises to the top. Mm-hmm. He's resilient. That's the word for today. Everybody say it. Resilient. resilient. <laughs> He's resilient. I want to be resilient. Yeah. I think we all want to be resilient because... Um, Sometimes stuff can really take the wind out of us. They can knock the wind out of us. And it's a matter of uh, getting a different perspective to go forward again. How do we rise to the top? So we'll we'll see what Joseph did to rise to the top and what happened in his life. It'll be really interesting, I think. Yes, I think it will. It'll be a good... I. It's one of my favorite parts of the Bible, actually, the story of Joseph. It's meant a lot to me the last few years, and I'm looking forward to... Finishing the book of Genesis with you, dear, and with everybody listening. Great. Well, um, conclusion for today's subject. Mm -hmm. Um, Bad things happen to good people at times. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's no explanation at all. Other times it happens for a reason. And we're going to find out in, in Joseph's case that although he didn't know at the time what was going on, later on there was a reason behind it. Mm -hmm. That's not always easy to take. But it is a fact at times. Well, there but, there is one scripture I wanted to share. Okay. It says in the Bible, in, in the New Testament, that all things work to the good for those who love God and are called according to his will. And there's, there's a, a friend of ours that said, just because they all work to the good doesn't mean they feel good or look good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes, even though they work to the good, they might not always feel good or look good at the time. Yeah. But in perspective, you can see that you gained some character. You you became stronger in an area, or you know, or something good came out of it. There's always something good well, that comes out of every bad situation. Yeah. The but. key, the key, is to have patience mm-hmm. <laughs> and to, to to calm down. Yeah. Take a deep breath. And give it, as you described, over to God f- for help. Mm-hmm. That usually is going to help out. 
realize that this too shall pass and mm-hmm. there'll be a tomorrow. And that nobody's and, immune. Yeah. Every, you're, you're no different than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things happen. So don't feel like you're being picked on. Mm-hmm. Don't feel like it's unique to you because everybody has it happen at one point. And, um, and you're okay. You're going to be all right. We're all in the same boat together. Yes. And it's going to be okay. So yeah. that's our kind of our conclusion for today. Even though it was really rough what happened to Joseph, we know the end of the story. It's going to get better. Yeah. And we'll we'll see that unfold. So there you go. What do you think? I, th- I think it's a podcast. It, you think it's a podcast. That's good. I I'm going to play a really cool song um, by a band that I really like called the David Crowder Band. Mm-hmm. And then we'll be back. To introduce next week's subject and we'll at the end of the song we'll pray for everybody okay how's that sound sounds great okay let's do it this is the david crowder band
up everybody that's listening to this podcast or that will listen and I ask God that you would help us to get through the tough times Lord if we've we've had situations happen that um, we can't explain or some bad stuff happened to us help us God to relax and give it over to you God thank you for caring about us we know you have a plan for us sometimes it's hard to see what it is but we just want to relax and rest in the fact that you care about us, and we thank you for that. Help us get through this and and give us wisdom, Lord, that we can come out on the other side able to help people and to understand a little bit more about what your plan for our life is. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Cool. Okay, next week we are going to be jumping right in to a very interesting situation that happened with Joseph. Mm. He's going to go to work for a rich guy. Mm-hmm. He's going to do really well. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to be falsely accused for doing something bad. Yeah. And then he's going to suffer the consequences for it, even though he was mm-hmm. innocent. Yep. Oh, my gosh. How many times have we ever come into a situation where we're accused of something that we didn't do and mm-hmm. we still have to go through the consequences? And not just that. Maybe you haven't had that situation, but perhaps something bad has happened through someone else and then we have to live in the consequences of their decisions. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like being in prison, isn't it? How do we mm-hmm. react to that and how do we rise to the top like Joseph did? We'll find out next week on another episode of Sunday Cool. Okay. You like that? <laughs> sure. This has been a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. Copyright 2012. It has. All rights reserved. It has. It has. And thank you for traveling back to the 80s with me for it, just a brief moment. Yeah, and if you want to get a hold of us, you're welcome to get a hold of us yeah at our emails um, rick at takehimwithyou.com or amy at takehimwithyou.com yes or check out our facebook pages facebook.com forward slash rick.moyer or facebook.com forward slash amy.moyer that works yeah 
And they also, if if you want to help us out, because uh, work has been slim lately and scarce, we could really use some donations if you'd like to. And we want to thank all those that have given in the past few months. Thank you so much. It's been such a blessing. You don't know how much it helps. It really, really does. So thank you for all your support. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, we'll see you next week on Take Him With You. Come on. You ready? Woo! You gotta go. I don't remember the words. Jump. in my case what are you doing what if it just said something like instead of jump it said trip Radio. Stitcher allows you to listen to your favorite shows directly from your iPhone, Android phone, Kindle Fire, and beyond. On demand and on the go. Don't have Stitcher? Download it free today at Stitcher.com or in the app stores. Stitcher Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. I don't mind you coming here, wasting all my time. Cause when you're standing oh so near 
You can find the cool music that we played on our podcast today on iTunes, and we encourage you to go and download it for yourself. We played the David Crowder Band. We also played a karaoke track from Van Halen and... Of course, the last one, The Cars. So uh, if you want the music, go to iTunes and download it for your very own. 